Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Presented by Church Health. Caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. Like a door to a place. Chris Harrington joins me never been now. Before. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, Change There's by the band Big Thief, who I saw in uh, Oxford, Mississippi last night, where I am still at this morning. Uh, Sent that out to the NBA trade deadline, which brought change to, to some degree to most teams around the league. How uh, how is Oxford? And are you, are you have you gone out to have a fabulous breakfast, a big bad breakfast, even? No, we we're, we just did, we coffee shopped it this morning, which is where I'm still at. We're sitting outside the coffee shop. We're gonna have lunch at Ajax Diner, I think. We didn't want to do the breakfast and the lunch. We're gonna right, spend yeah. we're gonna spend the day here knocking around. So we're gonna get lunch instead of breakfast. But uh, Oxford's nice. Weather's nice. Square's nice. I haven't been down here for at least a year, so you know there's always some changes. But uh, you know, it's you know, over the 20 years since we've been coming here, um, it's grown so much, and so it's a nice place to hang out. So uh, the trade deadline comes and goes. The Grizzlies uh, land Luke Kennard uh, from the Clippers for a bunch of seconds and Danny Green three-way deal. Uh, what do you think? What I like, I mean. It, it's, if, if you had presented that to me and said, this is the only thing we can do, do it or don't do it, I would have said do it. So from a pass-fail standpoint, it's a pass right. um, for me. Um, what I like most about it, and this may sound sort of arcane to some listeners, but what I like most about it is that they preserved the Danny Green salary slot going into the summer. Um, and this is something, you know, what I had written ahead of the deadline, the, to me the number one thing I, I, I wanted them to try to do was to, to upgrade their small forward position, potentially even add a new core player into the future. I, I think they definitely tried to do that. They weren't able to do that. Um, the players that they targeted that would have fit that just didn't get traded. Um, but then the second thing, in the absence of that, what I wanted them to do was not just try to you know add a shooter for the playoffs, which, which they did, but more importantly to me was to set themselves up better to, to – to, to take that Danny Green contract instead of just being happy to have veteran leader Danny Green for a few months and let him walk away, to take that and turn it into something that would help both now and going into the summer. And I had not mentioned Luke Kennard specifically. I mentioned a few other players with similar contracts who I liked a little bit better. 
uh, Malik Beasley, Alec Burks, even Gary Harris, although that's that's a thin distinction. Um, the Grizzlies, I think, like Luke Kennard better than any of those players. Um, but it's the same basic idea. It's the same framework of what I had suggested with those players where you get someone basically on a two-year deal. They help you more right now than – than Danny Green was going to, and then that gives you more flexibility going into the summer with that expiring contract. And so I think it was smart of them and wise of them not to be too enamored with the Danny Green thing and, and to, to make the kind of move that, that could help both now and this summer. I have to give you credit. You never were particularly swoony about Danny Green. <laughs> yep. um, so explain to people how that works. So if Danny Green had played out the rest of his year, does the money, the the ten million dollars that he was owed, does that just disappear and the Grizzlies can't ever spend that? It, it, it's explain to people how having Luke Kennard preserves their flexibility, not just because they have Luke Kennard to trade, but they have that money. Where would the money have gone otherwise? Explain how that works. Well, it, it's it's about where you are relative to salary cap, and so the Grizzlies would be under. You know, if you're assuming like a Dylan Brooks, you know, cap hold or whatever, yeah. the Grizzlies might have been under the cap this summer, but they would not have been under the cap more than like a mid-level exception. And so, you know, the $10 million coming off the books for Danny Green does not become $10 million in cap space you can spend because the payroll is too high for that. You have to be enough under the cap for like every dollar you lose off your payroll to be another dollar you can spend in free agency. And so... The, it would have basically disappeared in terms of like, it wouldn't have been more cap space you could use. And so there was no opportunity cost in, in taking on Luke Kennard who has $14 million next season, rather than losing money you could spend, it gives you a contract you can trade. And so if you think about some of the players that they either definitely or potentially discussed in, in, in trade this week, um, some of those names may reappear in the summer. Some other names we haven't, thought about might appear in the summer and to do those trades the Grizzlies are going to have to match salary and having a 14 million dollar what will then be a new expiring in Luke Kennard could be very useful if, if you have those opportunities and even if you don't having him on a one-year deal as someone you think can help you off the bench is fine too. Uh, Luke Kennard was selected 12th in the 2017 draft he was uh, selected and went 11 Malik Monk then Luke Kennard was 12, Donovan Mitchell 13, Bam Adebayo 14, uh, and onward. The Grizzlies didn't have a first-round pick in that draft. Uh, it was the draft where they picked Dylan Brooks. OG Ananobi, a lot of interesting players in that draft. OG Ananobi went 23rd in that draft. Kyle Kuzma went 27th. Grizzlies ended up, uh, first they picked Ivan Rabb. Uh, and then uh, they picked Dylan Brooks. As a player, obviously a fabulous three-point shooter, um, but very limited defensively. And as you pointed out in your piece today, um, uh, the, the Clippers didn't think much of him. Like he'd gotten two, and maybe he got two in DNPs right before he was traded because he didn't, they knew he wasn't going to, they were going to trade him. But even then, he'd gone from 27 minutes a game to 27 minutes a game. Um, it appeared that the the Clippers didn't think he was a big part of their push this year. Yeah. So when you look at those sort of mid levelish players on two, bench players on two year contracts, you know those three names I had mentioned I had written about and Luke Kennard, sort of the same universe of players. I had preferred the other three 
for two reasons. One is because I thought each of the other three had a secondary quality in addition to three-point shooting that, that, that I believed in more than I believe in any of Kennard's secondary qualities. With someone like Malik Beasley, it's the athleticism to play in transition and above the rim. With um, Alec Burks, I think better on the ball, run a pick-and-roll playmaker. With Gary Harris, better defender. I'm not convinced Kennard has a secondary skill beyond his shooting as good as those, although the Grizzlies, I'll tell you, the Grizzlies do believe that he was underutilized by the Clippers. Uh, they would point out, um, if you look at the last season he played in Detroit before the trade, he averaged four assists a game that season, and they think that he was shuttled too much into just a spot-up shooter role for the Clippers and that he can do a little bit more with the ball. We'll find out about that, but they believe there's more there with him. But the other thing is that I, I just thought that those other three players I mentioned were all on rebuilding teams. And so, I, you know, the idea that the Clippers would give the Grizzlies, well, for them as a rotation player for second-round picks when they're trying to catch the Grizzlies in the standings is something I, I probably discounted too much, right? <laughs> I, and just the idea right. that you were going get, to get the guy you want from a team you're competing with seemed a little bit more far-fetched to me than getting them from, from a rebuilding team. Um, but the Grizzlies like Kennard. You know, I mean, I think there are a lot of other players they like better, but they couldn't get any of those players. And right. so I think, you know, I, I don't think – I mean, I know Kennard was not first or second choice of players they looked at. I think we know who those are. But I, I suspect he wasn't like third or fourth either. I think they made some they made some, some calls and some bids for other players, probably other players who didn't get traded at all, frankly. Um, and, you know, you work your way down the list and you get to, you get to Kennard. But I think they really like Kennard. I think they see more in him than, than, he, than he's shown with the Clippers. He's going to be hard to play with. I mean, people fantasize about Ja with Dez on one wing and, and Kennard on the other. Well, Yo, Jared, who, clean, clean it all up, dude. Yeah, that's what that's who, about. Who's going to be guarding Kevin Durant and, uh, you know, and, and the rest of the Suns when, that, when Devin Booker, when, when you've got those three out there? Yeah, no, I think you might see that in the flow of games, but you've got to be selective. To your point, you've got to be selective about deploying that, that particular look. Yeah. All right, so um, speaking of players who weren't available, I, I find it impossible to be outraged that they didn't do more when none of the players who you would have wanted them to do more in order to get uh, were dealt, period. But then in addition to that, we have the Zach Lowe reporting today, which confirmed a lot of what you've said and whatever else. One, that, let's see, he reported first that the Nets have known since July that uh, they could have all of the Grizzlies' firsts and pick swaps for Kevin Durant, uh, but that Kevin Durant wasn't interested and uh, wanted to go to the Suns, and that's who the Nets decided to work with. This, yeah, he, he, he yeah. also reports, because I've read this, it's yeah. basically, this is basically what we talked about yesterday. I didn't, I didn't frame it as I am reporting this. Right. But I, but I had a good inkling that I was yes, – right. you're right. And so, in addition to that, it was the Grizzlies were not going to include Jackson or Bain. I mean, right. he, he writes, as I've written, frankly, that those – Jaws, Bain, and Jaron are, are at least for the moment untouchables for the Grizzlies. So they were never going to be able to get Kevin Durant without including Bain or Jackson. And even if the implication, which I believe, even if they'd included one of those two, they still weren't going to get Kevin Durant because he was going to direct his way to Phoenix. Yeah. Um, do, I, do I believe they offered all those picks? I do. Yeah. But they weren't offering they weren't offering Bayer Jackson, and they weren't going to get it done, and so it's sort of a moot. Yeah, point so anyway. That that's a moot point. Then I, I did think this was interesting. I I I expected the Grizzlies were being aggressive in in going after other players, including Mikel Bridges, who I never thought would be dealt because why would they deal right. the best player they got? But then 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 for uh, for Zach Lowe to report 
that they did, in fact, offer three first-round picks for OG, and that was not enough because they wanted a meaningful young player. Uh, and we saw separate reporting from Golden State that uh, that they wanted Kaminga as and plus first as part of that deal. Because they don't have that player. Like if they, if three so, first isn't enough, that's that. What are you going to do? A couple things. Uh, a couple things to say about that. And I'm not. I'm not disputing anything that, 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 that Zach's reported, but a couple things I would, I would say there. One, it is unclear in his reporting on the subject of the player. It's unclear the way he phrased it, whether the implication is the Raptors did not value players Grizzlies were offering at that level or that the Grizzlies would not offer awesome. the players right. they valued, right? And so that is unclear. I suspect it's the former. I suspect they did that, that Santi Aldama and Zaire Williams didn't cross the line for Toronto, but it's not quote, totally clear on that. Great. On, on the thing about they offered three first-round picks, I, I, I'm not saying that's not true, and that very well, very well may be true. What I only thing I can say is that I know that the Grizzlies made an offer they considered to be, and um, profound is too strong of a word, a considerable, a meaningful, like a serious offer. I also, I've also got the sense that a lot of the Toronto stuff that gets reported is considered. Because remember, they were, they had four different players. They were people were talking about they were going to trade, right? And right. There was all this speculation about what's been offered, what they were going to get, and they didn't trade any of them. The sense I've gotten is that there's a lot of belief that that Toronto Toronto trade rumor stuff got sort of um, inflated by by Toronto to try to drive up prices, right? And, it, right. and, it, and there's a lot of uncertainty around all that. I'm not saying they didn't offer three firsts. They may have. I know they made an offer, but I don't know what the offer was. Well, and there's a sense that Toronto feels like they always want to win every deal. And, uh, right. and that's right. And, and that's, uh, you know, that makes them difficult to deal with. It is sort of, I, I mean, I, the most preposterous thing, and I saw you wrote about this on Twitter, is some sense that Toronto saw Durant and Irving and Kyrie leave and so said, oh, the way is clear for us to make a run. That seems fanciful to, to me that that I can see they said they might have said we can get more for these players in the summer uh, and so there's we don't have to deal them now but the idea that they're keeping their powder dry because they think they can make a run this spring seems curious anyway yeah no I agree I mean and I mentioned Boston Milwaukee Philly you can throw Cleveland in there too like I just don't think even like the new the the new Toronto Raptors with Capertal in the middle, um, it's not <laughs> right. on paper to be close to those other four teams. Uh, the teams that did not among the things that did not happen, so much did happen. Bulls didn't do anything. Raptors who were expected to do something didn't do anything uh, other than get Capertal. And then uh, I get John Collins is still a hawk. Like are those? Um, like uh, of the things that didn't happen, are, are, are those striking to you? I guess I I'm not sure I expected the Bulls to do anything, but yeah, well, the John Collins thing is becoming comedy. I I, I think because <laughs> he's been in trade rumors for four years. Right. The Bulls thing is the Bulls thing is is a little odd. I mean, I think that that's a front office that people have considered a little odd. You know, among front offices in the league. Um, the direction they're going and what they're trying to do is a little uncertain. I suspect there was some frustration around the league of, about when you look at teams that had stuff to move that didn't move it, like Toronto and like Chicago and maybe Washington with all the Kyle Kuzma rumors and stuff. I suspect there was there's probably frustration around the league about some of those teams. Um, to me, like what's meaningful, specifically relative to the Grizzlies, though, is 
all the players that, frankly, we talked about who really fit sort of what would made made sense from them from for them that did not move, and then the prospect of how many of those players are going to be back in conversation this summer. I don't think they all will. Like like if 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 the Nets are not willing to move Mikel Bridges even for big offers right now, right. I don't see how that's going to change this no. summer, right? But some of the rest but of their Anna, wings, yes. But some, Anna, but, yeah. yeah, but Ananobi I think could pop back up depending on how the rest of the season goes for Toronto. I don't think even if they keep Mikel Bridges, Brooklyn, you know, going into next season is going to have Dorian Finney-Smith and Cameron Johnson both on the roster. So, you know, those guys might pop up. You know, you talk about the Chicago stuff. I, I, I think – you know, I, I think there's going to be more, some, at least some of these names and maybe some others we haven't talked about are going to pop up this summer. The Grizzlies are going to enter a summer in which they have four or five starters under contract next season and a big question mark at small forward. And it's going to be, are we re-signing Dylan Brooks? Is there somebody we can trade for? Like, is anyone ready internally? Right now the answer seems pretty profoundly to be no. And I think that's going to be, you know, we can set that aside and enjoy the rest of this season and this playoff run, but then that's going to be a real subject of intrigue when we get to the summer. Well, and I'm sure Zach Kleiman will be asked about that today. On the, he can't really anything say anything other than we like Dylan. You know, we, we've always liked right. Dylan. We like the edge he brings to our team. But here we are the day after the trade deadline. Where do things stand, do you think, with the Grizzlies and Dylan? Uh, well, the one thing that's changed from a factual standpoint, and I think this is a very minor change. You know, Hollinger had brought up the, the idea of, you know, you could use your cap space to renegotiate and extend and bump up that extension offer. Well, the, the trade they made for Kennard, Kennard makes more, Kennard's at like $14 million or $13 million, something like that this season, and Green was at like ten, and so, so that, that soaked up the cap space. So that, that's now off the table. They no longer have cap space. So you can take that one little, like, 2% chance and take that off the table. They can still, and I do not know whether they have made this offer. My suspicion is that they have, but they can still offer you know the four four year sixty one million extension max extension off of this current salary that can still be signed today. Um, my guess is that again, this is only a guess. My guess is that's been offered, and he has he just he thinks the market's better for him. I think it probably still is, but the way he's played, I think that grows more uncertain. Right. So I think I think more than likely we go into the summer and and it's it's like you know and, and the Grizzlies have a few balls in the air and you hope you catch at least one of them. Um, you know they don't all hit the hit the ground and and re-signing Dylan is one of them. Is what are the various ways the, their venues towards landing next year's starting small forward? Oh, I think it's either re-signing Dylan Brooks. It is. It's that or a trade, but trade can mean multiple things. You could you could just trade outright for somebody. Someone like Cam Johnson is going to be a free agent. That could be a sign and trade where the player you're acquiring is is the guy signing and and then being traded. You could do a sign and trade of Dylan Brooks. You know, I think it's you're either re-signing Dylan Brooks or you're doing some kind of trade. I guess in theory you could sign a free agent outright with your mid-level exception. But I got to think that's like, you know, what you're going to be able to get with the mid-level exception right. is going to be less than what you potentially get in trade. And while a lot of people listening may not believe this, I think likely less than just resigning Dylan Brooks. <sighs> All right. Uh, so where are the Grizzlies now as it sits in the West? There's Denver and Phoenix have separated, and then there's a bucket. Is that right? And who's in that bucket that, for that, you? That, that's the way I see it. I, you know, I think Grizzlies are still second, by the way, and they got a cushion. That, that Phoenix, it's not a given Phoenix is going to catch or anyone else is going to catch and pass the Grizzlies for the two seed. But I think when you project playoff basketball, I think it's fair to put Denver and Phoenix in the top tier and then draw a line and then you get to the second tier. 
And I would still put the Grizzlies atop that second tier. Um, I, I, there are people, and we'll see what, what teams look like once we get to the playoffs, but I think even right now there are people who would put the Clippers, who've been playing really well lately, and also made some small moves to improve themselves, but they, they've been better than the Grizzlies over the last 10 games, right? And you have Kawhi Leonard, right. who's done it before. I think a lot of people would project the Clippers ahead of the Grizzlies. I'm not ready to do that yet. Um, I don't know how people feel about Dallas. I don't feel like Dallas has really moved the needle getting Tyree with what they gave up. But I, I feel like the second tier, to me, is Grizzlies, Clippers, Warriors, and then I guess Mavs is what I would say. I don't believe in New Orleans or Sacramento relative to the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, Brian Windhorst said uh, today on Get Up. He said, by the way, Kyrie is still a free agent this summer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and raise the specter, I guess it's a specter, of him possibly going to Phoenix. I think that counts as a specter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out my staff and stay. Don't call it that a specter. We'll count that as a specter. Well, Chris, enjoy Oxford. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, you can uh, read pieces. Chris's piece on this deal. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.